Hey, welcome to the first the last five episodes of Season 1 of Godyssey. This season has been a fun trial by fire, learning the ins and outs of what I can improve upon for the next season. I hopefully can implement most of those changes, but we'll just have to see. I'm already doing research on the next deity, expanding social media efforts, the whole shebang. Hopefully I can resolve some of the sound issues, like how poppy the new mic can get at times, but we'll have to see. Anyway, let's get to it. Previously, on Godyssey. Destiny has spoken. The Second Battle of Moitura is over, and Ireland belongs to the Tuathidi Danan, but at a price. Lu is among a handful of survivors among their leadership. Nuada, Gavita, and two members of the fearsome Morrigan perished. The Well of Slan's healing power unable to keep them alive. Others, like the Dagdan Ogma, hang on only by the magic. With the Fomorian threat destroyed, Lu has less than a year to prepare his people for the coming of the fairies of Tirnanog. But before that, Ireland needs a new king, a role Lu is not certain he wants. Welcome to Godyssey, Episode 26, The Shifting of Ranks. The battlefield was cleaned not by crows, but by the survivors. It was determined among the druids that allowing the dead to rest among the Fomorians was wrong, that the bodies of the deceased Tuathidi Danan should be returned to their homes and cairns built. The Fomorians, they left to rot. By the time the rains had stopped, the area destroyed by Balor's evil eye had become a lock. That had been four days ago. Lu was tired from all the marching, all the sleepless nights managing everyone. Tensions were high without Nuada. The chain of command had been broken when he died, though the Dagd held it together well enough in the initial days after the battle. Lu was happy for that, but he worried. The third day since Moitura proved his worries founded. The Dagda collapsed and rolled down a hill, the healers concluding that the magic of the Well of Slan was the only thing holding him together. His wounds had been bandaged, his internal wounds checked. Spells had been cast. Nothing seemed to work. The Dagda was dying, and would not survive when the spell of the Well of Slan wore off. And when the Dagda died, his club, able to bring both death and life, would cease to function. And everyone he had brought back to life with it would die too. That meant that Ogma would die. They stopped for the night, the rain subsiding at last. Tents had been erected about the forest grove, and near the edge of it was one for storage. The Dagda had been put on a cart, overly large, and placed there along with the dead and the dying. Ogma stood vigil, and now, so did Lu. You should get some rest, said Lu, breaking the silence. So should you. We have a long march tomorrow, and you will have long days ahead. Lu knew what he meant, that Nawada had meant for this to happen. He had been grooming Lu to take the throne. Ultimately, it was not Lu's choice. It was not anyone's choice. The Stone of Fall would choose. He would stand before the Stone of Fall, and it would sink, or it wouldn't, and someone else would take the throne. One step at a time. He needs me right now. I need you to take things seriously, boy, came the booming voice of the sleeping giant. The Dagda sat up, groaning as every muscle and wound ached, giving rise to hisses and curses. Both Ogma and Lu tried to help him, but he shoved them away. If I cannot take care of myself, then I should be rightly dead already. You're in a right mood, great-grandfather, said Lu, looking to Ogma. Both were worried, but Ogma did not correct Lu's tone. 
You need to eat and regain your energy. The giant's hair was frayed, his face pale. Sweat clung to him, and he seemed to be running a fever from the puffy bags under his eyes. Even sitting up, he was taller than either man, and Ogma was not inconsiderable in size. I fear I will never regain my energy. I think it was the Morrigan. When I sought prophecy at Sawan, it sapped me of my energy. I did not fight at my full potential. I will never return to it. I will diminish forever. Who was this man, Lou wondered. Where was the wise druid of the Tuathadi Danan, their chief, their great leader who brought them to this land? They had taken Ireland, and it seemed to Lou that he was no longer the jolly giant he had always been. He was scared. He was weak. His vitality was gone, and he was the god of vitality, of life. The Dagda looked to Ogma, putting a meaty hand on his not inconsiderable shoulder. How are you, Ogma? Are you holding up, nephew? Ogma nodded, somehow more passive and pensive. I am making my peace with it. I feel fine. Who else have you revived with your club? The Dagda shook his head. Few here. The others are in Lachlan, when I discovered my power. But otherwise, the Fomorians killed those I revived. Not intentionally, I think. They did not know my club's power. Where is it? The harp. The cauldron. Lou pointed out of the tent at the joyful gathering outside. Angus has your cauldron and is feeding the host with it. He has the harp in the club as well, though he's only carrying them. Well, not the club. He keeps it in a cart, but nonetheless. The Dagda coughed loudly. Arrogant boy! Good thing he is using the cauldron, but still, I am very tired with that boy's arrogance. I am very tired. Then you should rest, great-grandfather. I will go and get you some food, and I will look sternly at Angus, and I will check on Bridget. He did. He glared at Angus with a grin. And Angus glared back with a grin. As he walked through the host of the Tuathidi Danan and their fear-bulk allies, he was met largely with accolades, for most expected him to be king. But not everyone was so happy with this. Some had been loyal to Turian before his death, and Lou knew that. He would never win them over. This did not bother him. What did bother him was that Bridget kept Brez in her tent. The Dagda had been clear. She was not to slay him. Brez had to stay alive to fulfill his end of the bargain that Lou and the druid Meltna had set up. Brez would teach them to farm. The tent was warm, dark, and illuminated only by the fires outside. The warmth did not come from that fire, though. It came from the rage in Bridget. Sitting it on her wooden bench, Brez sat chained before her, well-fed but gagged. He stared back. Every day, Lou checked on her. This was how he found her, and every day, they said nothing. Tonight would be different. Your father is awake, Aunt Bridget. She said nothing. Brez looked at him, perhaps desperately, but Lou did not care. He would let Bridget burn him if he could, but the plan had been sound. Come spring, they needed him to tend to the harvest. Have you had anything? The starkness of her cheeks told him that she had not eaten. In days, perhaps. You should eat. See your father. See your people. Your people, Lou. She turned and looked to him. They are your people now. But you are the queen. She smiled. I was. Now? My king is enchained in my tent and his life is forfeit. And I cannot kill the man responsible for poisoning my son against me. But... You are right. I should see my father. Guards! Two guards came in. 
Watch the prisoner. Kick him if he moves. Hard if you are so inclined. Lou walked with Bridget into the heart of the crowd, and the two were hailed. Both got their foods, making pleasantries, and joined the Dagda and Ogma. The two giants ate loudly and gladly, the Dagda belching. You look well, daughter. You have all the glory of a sovereign queen in you now, and I should know. Tempered by sorrow, admittedly, but your fire still burns. You are glorious, daughter, and I mourn with you. She said nothing, but held her father's hand. We should think of the coronation, father. Lou, as I am a sovereign queen, I can crown you. We all know the stone will accept you. But what is your next step? You are now the first of our people to rule over a united Ireland. The Fearbulk cannot overthrow us and have accepted their place among us. Your critics will be there, though. How will you rule? The Dagda nodded, belching again. She is right. Nuada did not train you. Did you learn in Tirnanog? Did Mananan teach you how to rule? Lou nodded. He did. Statecraft was one of my lessons, but I fear those lessons are for naught, given that Mananan is now coming for our... my throne. You will think of something. You have almost a year. Lou looked to the Dagda, smiling weakly. He did. I did not make it easier. I would rather rule with you. With Ogma. With Bridget at my side. Bridget shook her head. I have decided. I was Nawada's queen because I knew the final battle was coming and we needed the stability. You? You can choose your own queen. Your aunt needs time. Time to heal. Time to wander. Time to give my gifts to the land. I would like to retire to Kildare and from there teach our people my gifts. We will need a new generation of smiths and without Gavita, I am the most skilled among them. I will give laws, judgment, act as arbiter of peace. It will suit me. Lou had no objections to what Bridget said. Both of your identities have been too long tied to the war with the Fomorians, said the Dagda sadly. You have been tied to this problem for too long. Now, Lou, Bridget, I give you my blessings for each of you to find the life beyond this war. We are the victors. To us go the spoils, hmm? Lou. Your destiny is at hand. Your grandfather is dead at last. You can find an answer for the fair folk who threaten us. I? I must ask, Lou, when we die, when we go to the other world, to Tirnanog, does that not mean you will face the fairies on the field of battle, and we will be with them? Nuada, Ogma, the Morrigan, myself, Turian and his sons, your father and mother? He had not considered any of that, but the Dagda was right. You have all of our skills, Lou Longarm. You are the most versatile of us all. That puts you in a unique position of knowing how to overcome us if necessary. You will think of something. And you won't be alone, reminded Bridget. This time her smile seemed truly warm. She, at least, would be there. That was enough, Lou realized. It was more than enough. They arrived at Tara the next day, hailed as the conquering heroes by the sick and elderly. The healers from Slan attended to the wounded, making a list of those who would recover in time and those who would not. Before they could get too far, the Dagda, made better by Dianset and Ermid enough to stand, led the procession to the Hill of Tara, to the Stone of Fall. King Nuwada was a fine leader, and went into battle knowing well that he would not return here this day. He knew who he wanted to replace us, driven by a sense of destiny, 
and we all know who he wanted. Lu, son of Kian, son of Dianset, son of the Dagda. Lu, who slew Balor of the Evil Eye, captured the traitor king Brez, created the plan that ultimately saw us win the Battle of Moichura, is ready to lead us. Lu, are you prepared to stand before the Stone of Fall? Lu answered by standing before the gathered circle of the Tuathidi Danan, before the erected stone at the center of the hill. At first, there was nothing. Blank silence and the sound of birds in the late morn. And then, it sang, as it sang for Nawada only months earlier. The song was loud, a hum that rung out and shook Lu, shook them all to the bone. The buildings behind them rattled. And then it subsided. Bridget produced the crown of Nawada and placed it upon Lu's head. Hail, King Lu of the Tuathidi Danan. May your reign be long, just, and an example for all future generations. As Chief Druid of the Tuathidi Danan, I bless this crowning. And as Chief Druid, I have the right to choose my own successor. As many of you know, I am dying. I accept this. My successor is a promising young Druid of the Burren, who is here with us today. Meltna, I name you my heir. Hail Lu. Hail Metna. Hail the children of Danu, lords of Ireland. Cries went out, a feast began, and with it, the largest Kaylee since Lu's arrival in Ireland. It was as much for him as for the death of the Fomorians, all but Brez. All but him, too, he realized. Lu was as much Fomorian as Brez was. It was a fiction he could live with, but a fiction nonetheless. The Dagda's massive hands fell upon him. My boy... You will do fine. Set up your court, but... Your grandfather has talked to me about my condition. I am not long for this world. At winter solstice, when the sun comes to Brunaboyne and brings with it portents of the coming year, I will perish. Come to me then. See me off. That will be your first act as our king, Lou. An ill start. I could not have done this without you, great-grandfather. The Dagda smiled. Well, destiny did not allow it to happen any other way. Why fight fate? Now I must go. I wish to see my sovereign queen, my fairest wife. If I cannot greet Bowen one last time on my own two feet, I am no good to anyone, dead or alive. He turned and strode off, heading for the River Boyne and its goddess, Bowen. Lou set up his court, making Corpri his bard, making Meltna begin the performing the rites of druidry. Medir was made his champion and minister of war, and Ermid the court physician and chief advisor, which irritated his grandfather Dean Set to no end, but Lou did not mind. He no longer had to answer to him. Ermid informed her nephew that he should find a wife, as was the custom, as he had already had the blessings of the sovereign queens. There would be rituals, but they would be conferred only when Anya, the chief of the Sovereign Queens, deemed it so. Lu did not mind waiting. He did not particularly enjoy the pageantry of being king and the lords and ladies of the Tuathidi Danan kowtowing to him endlessly like a parade. But he amused himself with Felinus, with Corpri's banter, and with wandering Tara. He visited Gavita's forge, missing his uncle and finding it cold without him. Lu kept to himself in his spare time. Finally, the day before the solstice, the court headed north to Brunaboyne, where the druids of Ireland had gathered in advance to see off their greatest chief. The Dagda was paler than he had ever been, struggling to breathe as he sat on top of the hill, Bowen and Angus at his side. 
Upon the arrival of Dean's set, Bridget, and his other children, the Dagda called them all to him to say goodbye. Lou did not interrupt or intrude. He had no intention to. He was king, and that came with maintaining dignity. Meltna, are you prepared to take your position as chief druid? Meltna was already, dressed in finer robes than he had at Moitura. Lou had grown close to his new friend, and the druid smiled. As ready as anyone is when destiny is thrust upon them. And are you ready to be our king, King Lou? If you call me King Lou, I will make your reign a short one, Meltna. At last, the Dagda addressed them all. I have long been your chief, chief of the Tuatha Dé Danann before we came to Ireland, and always chief druid. Today, I go now into one of the great mysteries of our people. I go to Tyr Nanog, and take my place among our honored ancestors. This is not the end. My essence joins the land I have long called my home, which now belongs to my son, Angus. Angus now rules here, and one day he will move on too. But the true power of this place is the same as everywhere. It's sovereign queens, the women who are tied to the land and rule the heart of it. Like my daughter Bridget, Bowen reigns here. She is the queen of my heart and the queen of the land the river runs through. It would do us well to remember that, that Ireland belongs to the women among us. He said this looking at Lou, maintaining eye contact with him. Laying on his deathbed, the Dagda put his head back, and with his wife and children around him, gave them his few final moments. Meltna led the druids, Dean set included, into the chamber at Bruna Boyne to read the portent in the Solstice's Dawn. Ogma, laying on his own platform, called Lou over. You have learned my script, Lou. Teach it to all the druids. Make sure it survives on stones and wood. Writing is important, Lou. We are a people of stories. You will reign well. You... He said no more, his mouth open, his eyes staring. Ogma passed when the Dagda passed. All that was left was the crying of Bowen and the song of Bridget. She began keening for her father. Lou did not listen to it, and Ogma's cold face, he felt the full blistering wind of the winter solstice as Meltna returned. Good portents, Lou. Good portents. Lou was not so sure. It was well into the depth of night when they returned, and Lou sat alone on his throne with a goblet of wine, the spear of Asal, and his woes, but also Felinus, who alone understood Lou's sorrow, it seemed. At his orders, the door of the palace had been left open, while the fires burned before him. A way to regulate his temperature... The wine held, too. The figure stepping out of the moonlight was willowy, barefoot, and walked with pride. Lou thought it was Bridget at first, but the thought of her barefoot wandering through Tara seemed wrong. I typically reserve the palace for brooding alone at night. How may I help you? The wine flowed. He could not focus on her. I am here to help you, my son. It has been too long. That sobered him, who called him son. Lou stood, holding himself on the table. His cloak fell behind him. She was older, visibly older, her hair white as a sheet, but her skin had not aged. From her feet up, she was caked in mud, as was the bottom of her worn dress. She had worn it for years, Lou realized. Last time he had seen her, 
She was wearing this dress, in fact. Less than a year for him. But his time in Tirnanog had aged him unnaturally. Wandering the cold lands of Ireland had aged her too, but she was a sovereign queen. Tialtu? Tialtu, you've come? My foster son is king of Ireland. He knows Andana Shi planned to come to Ireland and claim it, based on a deal that I made. And I can help you deal with them, without losing a single drop of blood. The aloneness that filled Luz and Mochura left immediately. How? Please, Taltu. I'm at a loss. She smiled, taking a seat from him across the table. Has anyone told you the story of the first Battle of Moichura? Godesy is written, researched, and produced by Greg Wright. Additional writing and editing by Sydney Ager, who finished her dissertation. You go, girl. Music by Scott Buckley, who can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au. You go, boy. Additional sounds by Berg Records. We're active on social media now. Check us out at The Goddessy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Maybe we'll add an Instagram soon. Who knows? If you want to support the show, we also have a Patreon, which we'll be updating with different benefits soon. Goddessy releases every Monday. Four more episodes for Lou. See you next week.